Be kind. Rewind. This is Dope Nostalgia. Welcome to an all-new episode of Dope Nostalgia. I'm your host, Naomi. And uh, today, we are featuring somebody who I talked to all the way in Europe, Daisy D. She's one of the members and one of the founding members of the super techno house electronic dance music group, Technotronic. Big, big hits include Pump Up the Jam, Move This, and so many more. So, hey, check it out. But before we do that, we're going to go to some news for you. Hot off the presses? You gotta adjust those rabbit ears. You got that antenna pulled up? It's time for some dope nostalgia news. Canadian dance group Prozac Half of that band is James Bryan, and James Bryan is coming out with a brand new single on May 29th with his duo with AJ Harvey. Um, The single will be called If I Ain't Got You, and you can check out more of that on his Instagram, James Bryan Music. That's J-A-M-E-S-B-R-Y-A-N Music. Episode 25 guests, Right Said Fred, have joined up with NFT Bulldog at nftbulldog.com. Now, what exactly is that? They are the UK's premium non-fungible token marketing platform that bridges the gap between music, art, and technology while allowing artists to create revenue without interference. So Right Side Fred have a brand new collection available right there, their very first ones. Um, This will start being available already May 15th. So check that out. Now, do any of you remember the group The Party? They were derived from the 90s version of the Mickey Mouse Club. The members Tiffany, Dee Dee, Chasen, Damon, and Albert. Yes, I remember them all. <laughs> no longer is Tiffany in the group, but there is a reunion happening with The Party at the House of Blues Orlando, just announced for September 11th. If you're in the Orlando area, you might want to go and see what they're all about. Wikipedia Moments. Technotronic was a Belgian electronic music project formed in 1988 by Joe Boguer, who originally gained popularity in Europe as a solo artist with various new beat projects, including the acts of Mad Men and Next Nemo. Together with rapper Manuela Camozzi, aka Ya Kid K, he produced the single Pump Up the Jam, which was originally in an instrumental released under the name The Pro 24s. With Boguer adopting the name Thomas De Quincey, a front for the act was put together in a way similar to other Eurodance and Europop products like Blackbox or Millie Vanilli, utilizing Congolese-born fashion model Feli Kalingi, who became the group's rapper, appearing on the single's cover art and in the music video. The song became a worldwide success, eventually reaching number two on both the US Hot 100 and the UK Singles Chart in late 1989 and early 1990. It became the first house song to reach the top 10 of the US Hot 100 chart. It was also one of the first songs outside Chicago to pioneer the hip house genre, a fusion of house music with elements of hip hop. Also in 1989, Yakid K contributed vocals to the single Spin That Wheel, produced by Boguer under another pseudonym called High Tech 3, with Yakid K fully credited as guest rapper. This original version was released by the Brothers Organization in conjunction with Telstar Records UK in early 1990 and would reach number 69 on the UK charts. The success of the project's first single led to the release of Pump Up the Jam, the album, which featured tracks by Yakid K and MC Eric. 
During 1990, the album would climb into the top 10 of the Billboard 200 in the US and reach number two on the UK albums chart. They also became an opening act for Madonna and had appearances on Saturday Night Live, the Arsenio Hall show, and its showtime at the Apollo. It was at this time that Yaku K became credited in Technotronic singles as she was actually featured vocalist, though Feli still lip-synced the backing vocals in the video for Get Up Before the Night Is Over, a follow-up single, which was a number seven hit in the US. The third UK Top 40 was This Beat Is Technotronic, and featuring MC Eric instead of Yaku K, though she was again the featured vocalist on the fourth UK hit, Rockin' Over the Beat. This song also reached the top 10 in many countries. By 1991, Yaa K had left Technotronic to pursue a solo career, releasing the single Awesome, You Are My Hero, from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2 soundtrack in 1991, followed in 1992 by the solo album One World Nation. Neither was commercially successful. In 1992, the song Move This from the Pump Up the Jam, the album, featuring vocals by Yaa Kid K, became popular through its use in a Revlon television commercial and became the group's third top 10 hit in the United States. Our amazing guest today, Daisy D, is one of the original singers for Technotronic. She's featured on the song This Beat is Technotronic. Do it better, back it up, yeah, yeah, dance, love religion. She's done so many tunes with them and is such a huge star in her own right over in Europe. She's a Dutch singer, actress, TV host, stylist, and television producer. She's well known in German speaking media. And Daisy D hosted the German television show Club Rotation on Viva MTV until 2003. And she's here with us today. Welcome, Daisy D, to the show. I'm just really grateful for your time and that uh, you agreed to be on the show. So thank you. Yes, I'm so honored. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure. Um, I have a series of questions about what you're up to now, as well as uh, what happened with the Technotronic um, days and what's going on with that today. So um, I feel like Technotronic were an act that took house and techno out of the club scene and kind of put it into the mainstream charts at that time. How did you get involved yeah. with them? Well, uh, it was no Technotronic before we just started. You know, mm-hmm. um, I was um, my brother started in the music industry. That's that's how I actually got really deeper in it. Mm-hmm. It started all as a joke. So uh, Joe Bogart, a technotronic producer, he was just making beats, and you know that that was just a coincidence thing. Mm-hmm. And Manuela, Yakit K, and myself, we were super young. I mean, Manuela was fourteen, and I was seventeen. Yeah, that was like ages ago. And, um, yeah, he needed some voices and some cool stuff on, on, on the stuff that he was doing in the studio. And we needed a studio because we wanted to make music like NWA. Nice. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> nice. We wanted to make, uh, you know, cool hip-hop music. We, we thought that was, you know, the whole, what we were doing for him was just BS. Mm. That's how it all, like, kind of started. So we wrote some lyrics and was jamming in the studio and he made some the samples of our voices. He created the first hit, Pump Up the Jam. Wow. And we didn't want to do the video, you know? So in the beginning we were not we were not even in the video. It was another like a dummy girl. Because oh. we were like, Now nah, we, we don't want nobody to see us doing that, you know? That was a thing that and, happened uh, a lot. Later then. On, uh, we saw the, our song on MTV. We were like, "What? Did you see that?" <laughs> wow. We were like, "What is this?" We just didn't understand what was happening, you know. And our parents, they were like, "Oh, whatever." 
nobody took it serious, you know? Mm -hmm. I mean, of course, the people that were inside of the music business, like Joe and, you know, and my brother was like, oh, my God, they're selling so many. Hmm. It's like one of those Cinderella stories, you know? Totally. <laughs> yeah, totally. There was, there was, <laughs> it's an amazing story. Yeah, and there was a yeah, lot. There was a lot of that happening with dance music at the time, where it's like, um, obviously the producers put the music out, like Joe, and had, but then in the video, we weren't sure if that was the real artist or not. Well, you know, in the '90s, it was all about the look, yeah, not so much about the the voice. These days, it's all about well, basically most of it is about the voice. Mm -hmm. uh, you have to be able to sing live, da 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 da. da. You have to be able to perform. You know, actually, these days it's more about the real, the, the full package. Mm -hmm. Back then, you you uh, you just needed to look good to be able to get a gig. You know, yeah. and um, so a lot of producers uh, like Millie Vanilli. You know, uh, a lot of a lot of them like Black Box. I can uh, like Capella. There's so many mm -hmm. that um, just started to make the music, and then they looked for somebody, hopefully black, that looked good to put them in, and and that was it. And then when everybody was starting to get exposed, people were like, "Oh, maybe that's not such a good idea." And America was anyway not really down with that, you know. Mm -hmm. So when our song became big in the states. They started to ask us. I was super serious with my fashion school. Uh, so they started to ask us, like, can you guys come over? And, you know, Yakit, my uh, my colleague uh, um, from Technotronic, she kind of looked like a boy, you know? Mm, so she had, like, an androgynous look, hey? Yeah, in the beginning, that, that was not that welcome, you know, because she was very, very tomboyish. Mm -hmm. And um, I took my school very serious because of my mom. So I wasn't allowed to go on tour immediately, you know? Mm -hmm. um, and then after a little while, um, our manager said, hey, you can make so much money with this, you know? She's got to drop out of school. And my mom was like, no, she can only go if she gets a private teacher. So here I was on tour with a private teacher. I couldn't go anywhere except studying it on stage. I did it, you know. <laughs> you did. A lot to balance at that Crazy. time. Excuse me? That's, that would have been a lot to balance at that time. Yeah, there was no... I don't... I, I can't really tell you that it was... I mean, that it was that difficult. Mm-hmm. I, I did love uh, um, going out and stuff, but I wasn't one of those wild kids. Yeah. I, I've kind of, I, I came from a very strict mom, so I kind of, like, my, my, my goal was to make her proud, you know? Yeah. So, remembering how I was feeling when everybody else was in a club and I was going to bed because I had to study, I remember right at Technotronic or, or within the Technotronic career, Another opportunity came for me to uh, host a show on uh, on on the German MTV called Viva. That's called Club Rotation, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, that was only about club music. You can you can find all all of this on on the net. It's all there. And um, I did that for like fourteen years or something, you know. Oh, cool, cool. And I hosted that show. That was crazy. On that show, I met everybody and their mama. <laughs> 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 you know, 
I, and at the end, because I was one of the producers, I gave people like David Guetta their first shot on that show. And, you know, like that, most of us became friends. I met Mariah Carey on that show. I met Katie Houston on that show. It was like a lot of, like, huge celebrities that are still there mm-hmm. that I've met because of that show, you know? Because they uh, they wanted to break through um, with, let's say, um, sometimes um, the music didn't work out, so they wanted to, in the 90s, they wanted to break through with dance, some of the producers and some of the record companies called me personally, even <laughs> offered me money to be on my show. I was like, what? <laughs> That's incredible. So you had a lot of influence, obviously, especially in, with helping break people in the European market. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So many. Mm-hmm. I mean, for the German, the um, that time, the German market... I mean, this, that show lasted, I think it was from 89 until 2000 and, I don't know, a long time. Mm-hmm. And that show was the most important show for dance music on the German television, a.k.a. Europe, the biggest. We sold uh, compilations, you know, like with my face on it, club rotation compilation. Mm-hmm. We sold weekly four million, bam, 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 for years. That was a huge, huge success. Sometimes I for, I forget, you know, that I did so many things, and I'm like, fuck, <laughs> you know, I did so many things. Like, yeah, like now that we have the pandemic and kind of like the music is not, it's no priority in life anymore. Mm-hmm. I kind of like forgot forget about it you know like like i'm thinking sometimes when i'm when i'm by myself i'm thinking like okay so what would be next for me in my life what is like the biggest next thing that i would like to do Mm -hmm. that i didn't do yet you know and the only thing that comes in my head it's teaching or better yet what i'm doing with my son you know i have an 18 year old son and he has his whole life in front of him and he doesn't really want to ask mom what to do. You know, right. he kind of want to find his own way. Yeah. And while I'm, I'm, I'm behind the scenes helping him, I'm seeing all of these possibilities. Like, I'm like, yo, I can teach people how to do music, how to do styling, how to reinvent themselves, how to help themselves, how to help their family, how to... There's so much knowledge in all that I've done mm-hmm. you know and I think the best thing to do with all that knowledge instead of pushing it in a kid that's like I'm um, I'm too cool for your stuff <laughs> <laughs> there's so many there's so many people out there that need advice that wants to like that don't know what to do you know and I mm-hmm. know exactly what to do <laughs> exactly teaching is a wonderful yeah. idea I love it I mean that's something I don't even know if we can do it for, for a long time because our bookings are starting to come for September. Oh, good. So I don't know if I can commit myself on, on something like that. But just teaching people about lifestyle, about music, about fashion. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's so many things that, that could be done. Yeah. 
that was just peace of my mind. Yeah, I'm sorry. You go ahead. <laughs> oh, no, I'm glad you shared that. And I, that's something once you start doing teaching, I'd love to share that on our podcast and let everybody know about um, what you're doing with that, too. Yeah, that's something. It came up in my head and hey, yesterday mm-hmm. I was cooking, taking care of the family, cleaning, just just taking care. And I'm like, and my, my son is now, he wants to become um, a fashion stylist. Yeah. So I'm online and I'm helping him out, looking for different. And I'm like, yo, if he were open for it, he don't need no education. He's got me. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> I can give him jobs. I know exactly. I know everybody. You know, come on, Reminds me, uh, your so your production company, Booyah Music. Yeah. Uh, in your Wikipedia, it states that you worked with artists like um, Backstreet Boys and InSync at that time as well. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah. So is that all related to the TV show as well? No, no, no. That was um, that was a little bit different. Booyah Music was the company of my ex-husband and myself, Tony Couture. You know. Okay. And um, Tony had or has. I mean, every everything still exists. Tony has a band called Fun Factory. Have you ever heard about Fun Factory? Yes, sure have. Yes, that's his. Yeah, that's his. And um, we met because uh, Fun Factory and myself, we had the same manager in that time. And our manager was very close friends with uh, Johnny. Oh my God, the ex manager from the Backstreet Boys. Right, Johnny Wright. Johnny Wright. Yeah. So they were very close. Uh, and in that time, um, I just started dating my ex-husband, and he didn't speak very good English. Mm-hmm. He, he spoke mostly German, you know? Mm-hmm. And as English is my second language, every time he wrote songs, I gave him the lyrics to the songs. So he had to make one song for uh, the Backstreet Boys as a test. Mm. And he wrote the first song was Get Down. Yeah, Get Down. Oh, wow. Was it about you? Yeah. Yep. So we wrote that together. Get Down, you know? And then um, Johnny loved the song, and he flew the guys over from the States to Germany mm-hmm. to be to break them in Germany first. And that that's what happened. 
so we I styled them and put them all together and you know styled the whole photo shoots and I just and my my ex-husband Tony he just took care of the music together with my brother and I also you know did the whole you know management we just did everything for them and then I remember you know on um in Sinking, you know, Justin, mm-hmm. um, Justin Timberlake was, yeah, he was 14, I think 14 or 15. And, uh, yeah, he had still that blonde hair with some curlies, you know, I cut them all off. I remember that. He was like, no! Oh, oh me. <laughs> Yeah. So all of that was done in that time like it was nothing, like water, you know? Wow. And, uh, yeah, that's how we kind of, like, build up a, a full um, catalog of artists and people and yeah it, it was just an amazing beautiful knowledgeable, knowledgeable time for, mm-hmm. for all of us that's really yeah. exciting you've, you've got to do so much with that company absolutely yeah yeah I mean I don't know why Tony don't have we are no more but when we got a divorce in that time we had a lot of property, you know, we made a lot of money back then, a yeah. lot. So um, I was involved in everything, but what was the most important for me was we had a house that wasn't finished yet in Belgium. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember during the divorce, I told him, look, Tony, um, we can sell everything and split the money or we can just split the stuff. You keep the record company, I will keep the house, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's what we did. He signed everything off. I kept the house. He kept. Uh, he had a house in Miami, and we had one house in New York. Uh, he had two houses in Hamburg, mm-hmm. and I just wanted to have this house because it was close to my family. And I'm still here. I'm living in a huge, beautiful house. I have nothing to complain. <laughs> oh, that's that's amazing. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad yeah. you were able to work it all I mean, out. It yeah, it wasn't ready back then but I still had my career with you know Eva this is years ago yeah so I made also very very good income and I finished my beautiful home and at the end of the day everything actually worked out we're still all friends really nice that's what you want to hear you know when people can uh, amicably resolve things in the end right in the end, in the beginning, it's war. You know how <laughs> yeah. it is. Yeah, I did that, you did that, you have that, I got that, da 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 But then you get older or better yet, more mature. You understand that it's, you know, when you go down the ground, you can't take all that shit with you. So it's okay. No problem. You know it. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> you were also on a German yeah. soap opera. Now, how did you like acting in, in the soap opera? I did that for a year. Mm-hmm. That was uh, very difficult, but it helped me to, to really, really fix my German. Mm. And, um, yeah, because I, I didn't really speak German that good in the beginning, you know, of my career. And all of a sudden, I was uh, next to Technotronic. I had, like, a career with this uh, club rotation and that, ha- that I had to host. And then I, I had also the, uh, the soap opera. That was crazy. It was, like... Honestly, that year of the soap opera was like school for teaching the language, you know? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I, I liked it, but it was not one of my favorite things to do. Mm-hmm. It was really tough, waking up really early in the morning, getting on my lines, being on set, full of makeup and stuff. 
Mm -hmm. I have to be on point, and my head was just so full with so many different projects. Yeah, but it was it was exciting. It was nice. I I I took that as a as a real nice time in my life. Well, and obviously it helped you so much with learning the language. How many languages do you speak now? I speak five languages now. Yeah, that's amazing. And your English is really good, like really good. <laughs> yeah, and I'm Dutch. Can you imagine? Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Get up on your feet before the night is new for you. Give us a call at Dope Nostalgia. Our number is 780-851-8785. Leave us a message. Pick up the phone, just like you used to in the old days. Remember, before text messaging? Yeah, we used to actually call each other. If you just want to be heard and be on the podcast, give us a call. Once again, our Dope Nostalgia hotline, 780-851-8785. Pick up the phone. This number is Canadian, so long-distance charges may apply. Hey everybody, what's up? It's DJ AK, the Amanda Knight from No More Games Radio. Check us out at nomoregamesradio.com and keep listening to my favorite girl, Naomi, on the most excellent 90s podcast, Dope Nostalgia. What's one of your most memorable performances that you've done? Honestly, um, uh, we had recently, uh, we had a performance in, um, was it Mexico? Yeah, it was in Mexico in the Pepsi Stadium with like 200,000 people. Is that Mexico City? I remember, yeah, in Mexico City. Wow. Pepsi Stadium, yeah, that was really recent. That was like... I think 2019 or even, or 2018, mm-hmm. you can Google it and see it. It was like, that was like crazy. Even though we went through a lot of things before, mm-hmm. now because it's 90s, the you can see the grandmother, you can see the mother, you can see uncle, kids, everybody singing our songs, you mm. know? The whole family. That's 
I don't know. That's you know that back then it was just us. We were young and you know, of course we were the hottest and the best and whatever, the better looking ones. But now, you know, we have age, a little bit more weight, and then you go there on, on this huge stage and what do you see? Everybody singing your song. That's crazy. That's mm. amazing. So we did that. We just had a tour in uh, before the pandemic in Mexico, Venezuela, Brazil. Oh, we were everywhere. Oh. Yeah. What's one of the um, favorite places you've gotten to visit while touring? Ooh. Honestly, there's a lot. Yeah. There's, yeah, there's a lot. There's not many places that I really like go and say, oh, I'm enjoying this place so much because of every place has a, a special, something special. Mm-hmm. You know, like some places it's great because like South America is amazing because the people are really open and they love you. Like really they cry, you know, like for real. Um, uh, Europe is, is colder. The people are colder, but um, you have a lot of um other artists that are my friends here, like To Unlimited and Captain Hollywood, you know, like we're really close, yeah. all of us, you know? Yeah. We, up, we hang out, we talk about ourselves, we talk about back in the days, we, we can be honest to each other, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's a really nice feeling to be in Europe for that. So we meet up, like, I'm the stylist of To Unlimited, I do business with um, Captain Hollywood, um, I meet with Dr. Alban, like, we just all meet up together and do stuff, you know? Oh, that's so great. Um, yeah, we're like really, really close, all of us. Yeah. And they'd be able to yeah, tour together, know. hopefully when this pandemic is over? Yeah, yeah, yeah. we toured together before, and mm-hmm. the pandemic will not really be over, over. That's yeah. something that's going to take a while. Yeah. But we're probably going to have to adjust to it to be able, I don't know, everybody wear a mask and then go to the concert, you know, some stupid shit like that. Yeah. Even though with a mask, you cannot have a drink. But anyway, we'll figure it out. Well, we will, we will. For sure. Yeah, yeah, we, it's going to be fine. And we can't leave it like this. It can't be like this forever. But, um, yeah, we just, um, now with the pandemic, everybody's like reinventing themselves, which is really nice. You know, mm-hmm. everybody's busy with something. Nobody's really sitting at home crying that there is no show. Of course, we make way more money when we do the shows, mm-hmm. you know. But now that we don't really have them, it's like, hey, we make clothing, we do online stuff, yeah, we whatever, we do whatever it takes, you know. Absolutely, and it's a good time to be creative and to write and create more music. Yeah, definitely. That's that's anyway something that we do daily, making music creating TV shows, online shows, creating, you know, like uh, my brother's name is Papa Bear, you know? Yeah. And um, now, yeah, now he's starting, he's going to start together with Nestle, they're going to start like an online cooking show, music and cooking, rock and roll cuisine, it's called, really Mm -hmm. cool. (laughs) Really cool. Yeah, he gets to try to do things that he's always thought about doing that he didn't have time for before, but now you do. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. It's wonderful. Yeah. Now, I kind of like the pandemic, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's making us think outside the box. Absolutely. I love that. Now, you're you're located in Belgium, right? Yes, I am. 
Where would you tell someone who is a tourist to come visit in Belgium? What are your, some of your favorite spots? Ooh. Um, Belgium, I love Antwerp. I don't like, like Brussels that much. It's a little bit dirty, but Antwerp is very fashionable if that's one of those things that you like. Mm. They have great restaurants, all kinds of restaurants, from African food, Jamaican food, to Italian food, to, to German food. Like I like Antwerp a lot. Brugge is beautiful. I mean, Belgium is small, but really nice. Mm. I love the place that I, that I live with my family because... It's very close to Holland and to Germany, hmm. so you kind of feel Europe more or less more when you're like in this corner, you know? I live at the three points. Oh, good. So it's like, yeah, five minutes you go to Holland. I do my groceries in Holland. I, I go, you know, put my gas in Germany because it's cheaper. <laughs> That's so I cool. Just, you know, yeah, I just live in Europe. I'm just everywhere. Like, you know, then... It's two hours or one and a half hours to Luxembourg. So my, you know, my bank account is there. I go there. That's wow. <laughs> see, see, I live in Canada, and Canada is so massive that it takes just to get to the U.S. For where I live, it's like six, seven hour drive. Oh, that's how far away I am from a border. <laughs> yeah, from a border, and I'm like literally living on a border. It's like. I can walk to the border, you know? It's crazy. Now, is it easy to cross borders? You just drive right through them, or do they make you stop? Mostly they, they check, you know, mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. you come from. Like, because I'm, I'm Dutch, but I have a German company also. Mm-hmm. So I'm Dutch. I live in Belgium. I have a German company. I'm driving a German car, mm-hmm. and I'm doing groceries in Holland. It's like all over the place. By now, when they stop me at the border, they all know, okay, that's Daisy, she lives there, she does that, it's all good. Oh, know? that's wonderful. I do my, yeah, I'm, I I just follow the rules with the mask, with, you know, the, the social distancing, doing the groceries by myself. I'm not taking anything that heavy. I'm kind of like, you know, it is what it is. Absolutely. Here, it's like, if you want to go to the U.S., it's a, it's a big, like, ordeal. Like, even before the pandemic, like, when you go to border crossings, it's a lot harder to get across. Well, I remember being in Canada a few times, and um, back then I was dating a a guy that was really smoking a lot of weed, Mm -hmm. and just because he had the smell on his toothbrush, he almost got declined to go to enter Canada. I was like, did you take weed with you? He said, no. The dogs were like, whoa, 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 because he had, oh, my God, he had the smell of weed on his toothbrush. I'm like, what is this? Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) So I know how strong and and, and hard it is, you know, from Canada entering or even going out. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's Sometimes I find at the border crossing, it's harder to get back into Canada than it was to get into the U.S. It's very strange. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I can imagine. I can totally imagine. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> when when did you reunite with Technotronic and, and what point and then the tour started again? About four years ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
four years ago, was it? Yeah, now it's 2021. Four years ago, we started again. It was like Manuela um, Yakete was doing it by herself. I still had my career that is uh, that was like very, very, very busy with my career on television. So I wasn't really interested in doing Technotronic, mm -hmm. you know? And then uh, about five years ago, Manuela started to complain that she doesn't want to do it anymore. Mm -hmm. And the management already started calling me before that. Like, don't you guys want to do it together and stuff? I said, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, sure. But it wasn't really my, my thing. My son was also, in my feeling, way too young for me to leave him alone with 13, 14 years old, yeah. you know? And I didn't really want to do that because I knew that when I would start touring, I wouldn't be home almost, you right. know, and my ex wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't be able to look after the, after our child, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was like, I was like, okay, I don't really want to do that. But then uh, she quitted the, the whole technology thing and they really made a great schedule for me that they knew that in the weekends I can go and during the week I would be home. And uh, yeah, more and more my son got bigger. Now he's 18. So actually 2020, um, we had like 150 shows to do mm -hmm. all over. And then the pandemic hit and all of a sudden I am basically more at home and doing everything from home except my styling job. And my son is like, you're always home. That's so boring. Oh. <laughs> when they're at that age. Um, yeah. yeah, but now he's like, I'm like, you're going to be so happy in a couple of years <laughs> that you had me like for a year all the time at home. You're going to be happy. <laughs> yes. It takes some, they'll, they do realize that after, <laughs> have, after a while. How have you taken care of your voice over the years on the road? And uh, what do you have any special routines you do for before a show? No, it's been I mean, I've been doing this for such a long time that mm -hmm. it's, it's like walking. Yeah. yeah. And I don't smoke. I don't drink. I don't do any crazy stuff. So it's always there. It's always rusty. It's always, uh, it's always there. Nice. <laughs> Whatever I do, it's always there. <laughs> so I don't do anything special. Even though I honestly, when we have like a lot of shows, I always have like my tea, my lemon, my honey. But that's just standard. I right. don't do anything crazy. Yeah. Right. Is house music still making an impact today in the world? Of course. Yes. People miss to go out and party. Mm -hmm. That's the thing that everybody's missing. There is a, a, a company that I'm also working with in Germany called the World Club Dome. Maybe you can Google that. It's also amazing. I, I did a lot of stuff for them in the past. Nice. And, uh, yeah, of course, now that's completely dead. But I did a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff with them the World Club Dome, mm -hmm. and uh, yeah, they are, um, when the pandemic is done, they're the biggest, uh, one of the biggest next to the um, Tomorrowland, they're one of the biggest uh, concerts in the world, yeah. That's incredible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we... There's a lot happening over here. I feel, I feel like in Europe, absolutely, like it's way more um, prevalent than it is oh, here in North America, so... I hope to one day go and experience one of those shows. Yeah. I mean, this is all these big productions with a lot of money. Oh, mm -hmm. Huge. Yeah. What album track 
um, did you record that you wish would have been a single? I did one track with Manuela. I uh, I think it's called Are You Ready or something like that. I'm going to send you a link of that, of one or two of those songs. I don't have it right straight up in my head right now. that I was like, I wish we, that was a single. Because actually, we only had like three singles. Mm-hmm. Everything else was basically or a flop because it wasn't as strong as the rest. Or we had huge discussion discussions internally because at the end, we were allowed to like have a say-so about which songs are coming out. Yeah. And then we had discussions with the record company and then the record company didn't like our choices. And at the end of the day, it just didn't happen. But those songs hit big. Like, they're still popular today. Like, I'll even go to, like, let's see, karaoke is very popular here. And Pump Up the Jam gets done to this day constantly. These songs left behind a huge legacy. So it's very cool. Yeah, all over the world. I can't believe it. Yesterday, I spoke with our agent. And we were talking about... um, because together with Captain Hollywood, I organized like this 90s hip hop um, event. Mm. And there was one that's called Hip Hop Garden, you know? Yeah. And we have uh, Rock DMC coming over there. Oh, cool. So we're all having, we all have the same management, you know, um, booking, sorry, booking agent. Yeah. So I was talking to our agent and I said to her, oh my God. I wish that we could make like a huge album with all these artists all together, you know, but all with new songs, you know? Yes. And then uh, he said, nobody would buy it. They only want to hear old shit from you guys. I was like, okay, sorry. Oh, man. Those, <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I get it. And like, but you still want to do new things and that shouldn't, you should, you should just do new things anyways. Yeah, these days, because of Instagram and, you know, all that stuff, you can do whatever you want. I love this time of today, you know? Like, then you have to ask. Yep. You know? Now, you just load it up on your own platform and bang. 
your people can hear it. Yeah. You know? It's good. And that's the thing. Your fans will embrace the new music, too. Excuse me? Your fans will love the new music, too, as much as the old, you know? Yeah. Of course. They love you, so they will love your new music. They'll love your new thoughts. They want to know what's happening with you. So, yeah. yeah absolutely. I'm glad you've been able to share everything that's been going on with you in the last few years. And is there anything else you want to share with our audience about what you have coming up? No, everything is fine. I want everybody to stay, you know, healthy and stay cool. Don't let this pandemic uh, get your head. It's not that serious. Mm -hmm. Just try to be uh, positive in your life and, uh, you know, talk about it when you don't feel very good to a family member or whatever. Just, uh, you know, keep on shining. The sun is out there. It's just not everybody can see it yet. It's coming. You're right. Be fine. Daisy, I love your attitude. It's been really positive and really inspiring. So thank you for that. So welcome. So welcome. Thank you for thinking about me. And, uh, yeah, I'm good. the best in Canada. And uh, I hope I will come there anytime soon again. I'll be there. I'll come see you. <laughs> <laughs> oh lovely I'll see who you are I'll see you immediately <laughs> so, excellent I'm going to wrap things up with Thank one you. last question for you um, sure what food or clothing item fashion toy anything makes you nostalgic for the 90s what makes me nostalgic for the 90s yeah A hamburger yeah <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> that's awesome Hamburgers. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I remember I can eat hamburgers without thinking about the calories back like then. <laughs> <laughs> Good answer. I I understand completely. Yeah. Great. That's okay. how that's how I feel about like things like pizza and stuff back then for me. <laughs> that would be so great, Naomi, to eat a hamburger and not think about anything. <laughs> I think about the guilt you feel after eating that hamburger. Oh, my God. And back then, oh, on the road, you eat fried hamburger and drink Coca-Cola. Nobody cares. Because you're young, fresh, you know, you don't get no, no body fat. That's right. Nowadays, you're like, oh, my God, how many, how, how many kilos extra am I going to get if I eat this burger? Let <laughs> me get this out, that out, that out. <laughs> <laughs> Let me just eat the meat with letters. That's it. <laughs> just throw away the bun. It's good. Yes, definitely. Oh. Yeah, that's it. Pump up the jam, pump it up. Why your feet are stumping? And the jam is pumping. Look ahead, the crowd is jumping. Pump it up a little more. Get the party going on the dance floor. And you find out if you do that And now, this is fucking stupid with Naomi, Kendra, Charity, Mike, and Colin. This is fucking stupid is fucking stupid. It's a stupid game we play where you have to guess the hot song of the 90s or a super obscure song of the 90s. Our friends have no idea what I'm going to throw at them. 
Why don't you come play along with us? Oh, um... You wanted more, Jim Blossoms. You've got the song title, You Wanted More. That artist is correct. The problem with this era of, of uh, soft rock band, oh, they all sound the same. So you wanted more, more than I could give. I don't think this is right, but wet sprocket oh good name though <gasps> i gotta put that on the podcast list put <laughs> <laughs> them on the show i've been talking to a guy from soul asylum not the singer but the old guitar player Danner. i love soul asylum okay moving on This is another case of the second single. What was the artist on the last one? Oh, it fucked up. It's the beer. It was tonic. Ah. Okay, yeah. This is mid-90s. Oh, fuck. Uh... Their first single's massive. The way it is. Nope. Just the way it is. Nope. Just the way it is, baby. Yes, five points. <laughs> Artist? <laughs> it's that tricky. Just the way it is, baby. You might know them by. Okay, I can't give you points after I play this. Okay? This is the other bands. The song's the other song. Oh, Rembrandt. Rembrandt. Yeah. That's just too fucking easy. Yeah. Yep. I didn't even let you do the clap. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. I already had the clap. <laughs> oh, Philosopher Kings. Five uh, points. Uh, Hurts to love you. You got it. Ten points, Philosopher Kings. Ooh, good job on that. I had to like hum it in my head really fast. I'm like, <laughs> it's really, and it's really hard to hum it in your head when you're trying to get, like get ahead of the music that's playing. Right. I literally right. was like yeah. going like I was literally like. Sheriff, I need you now. Here I am. Wrong on the boat? Need you now. Nope. More than words oh. can say. Alias. It's more than words can say. Alias. Tip points. You know what's funny? Because weren't they, didn't they used to be they called Sheriff? They were Sheriff before they were alias, yeah. 
Okay. And their their big hit is as Sheriff sounds exactly the same. That's a. It's not baby. and get a real job. Nope. Get a haircut and get a real job. Nope. Nope. That's not the song. I'm just trying to get to the chorus. That's all I'm trying to do. I can kill it if you want me to. I love you, period. It's I love you, period. Five points. Artist. I do remember this song. I know. I've been trying to figure out the artist. It's not Ugly Kid Joe, right? No. No. I'll tell you this, though. They were, uh... Or he, this was this is this week's podcast episode. Is about this guy, Dan Baird. Yeah. Oh no, it's not Jackal. I just I just listened to that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's not right. Dan Baird. I love. Oh, you. Okay. Okay. I gave you the point for I love you. Period. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, oh, don't worry. I'm getting near the end of this. I promise. <laughs> you can call it any time you want. Oh, good. I'm good. It's fun. Okay, that's good. I want to hear the fun. Play this record as frequently as possible. Then, as it becomes easier for you, play the record once a day or as needed. Anyone hear that? Before, hear this before yet? Oh, feels good. Feels good. But uh, Bross? No. Oh no, it's the guys that did the walk dinosaur thing. Tony no. Tone Tone. It's Tony Tony Tony. Tony Tony Tony. Yeah. Tony 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 Tony. But I'll give you all the points because it's Tony Tony Tony. I think. Okay. Where the quality on that shit? 
This is Alanis. It's Alanis, five points. Shake your love. What, Colin? Is it shake your love? No. Feel your love? It's feel your love. Ten points. First Alanis album. Something about your love. I fucking love this. She came into um, when she put out the second pop album. She came into Power Night too, and I got to meet her then. But like she, you could tell like she wasn't mentally invested in this music at all. Like she, she was. You could tell it was not her thing. Do you used to work at Power Ninety Two? No, I did. No, he did. Yeah. Yeah. But not in those days. That was like you would have would have been about fourteen. What? Something like that. Thirteen. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We did that homeroom countdown show for a few episodes that they had on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m. No, I didn't live in Edmonton then. They got kids to come in and, and host the show. Oh, really? Yeah. And then they would be like, you make your own top five countdown with you and your friends. Nice. And my countdowns were so fucking weird that they were like, <laughs> what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh, Lord. <laughs> Ready? Jackson 5. <laughs> Don't stop. Never give up. Uh, nope. F Wait. What did you say? S Club 7. 5 points. Never give up. Is that what it's called? No one's got a title? You only have me. No. Bring it all back to you. Bring it all back to you. Not quite. Big huge thank you to Daisy D for spending some time with us this week. Next week, my guest Sebastian is a very young man who knows a lot about 80s and 90s music, especially dance, pop. And I don't even think he was alive yet when all this music was coming out, but he is so knowledgeable on it. And he is my special guest for a show we're doing about a very special singer's career. Her name was Anna, and she's still around with us today, but she hasn't been making music for a while. We're going to catch up on everything Anna from the 90s. And you guys, see you later. Bye. Kids, put down that Tamagotchi and listen for a second. You know, you can follow us on Twitter at NostalgiaDope, Instagram at Dope underscore Nostalgia. Visit our website at www.dopenostalgia.com or pick up the phone and call us at 780-851-8785. This podcast is licensed by SoCan because we believe that artists should be paid for their work.